Hello people, God, it has been a minute, it has been more than a minute actually, it's been a good few months, um, I kind of went off the radar, um, I recently started my new, I say recently, like I started a good two or three months ago now, um, but I've still been trying to kind of like find my feet and feel a bit more settled, um, as obviously a, new, a newly qualified mental health nurse um so that's kind of where i've been and also because a lot of stuff has been happening um for me personally a lot of kind of inner growth and i was thinking about my my first kind of podcast episode and that was kind of the one that did really well and i was looking back on it and i was just like you know what was it about that episode that kind of touched people you know and I think the reason why it did so well is just because of how open and vulnerable I was and how many people kind of related to me and that's kind of like what this whole entire podcast is about being candid being very authentic um that's very much you know my values I believe that you should be completely truly honest and open on who you are and kind of like your values and what kind of fits right for you um so I thought okay for the episode coming back I kind of want to have that same kind of feel to it and I was trying to I kept like thinking of like different ideas of what I wanted to do it on and I thought you know what why don't I just talk about something that I'm actually well and truly going through right now like there is no kind of other way of being open and real and vulnerable than talking about something that you're going through at this exact moment um so this is where we are today and what I want to talk about is dating um which for a lot of people is really fun really easy, really enjoyable, um, really, yeah, like, exciting, like, just, like, this new journey of meeting new people and going on multiple dates, that is really exciting for a lot of people, but for me, and probably a lot of people listening to this, um, I don't find it exciting um and I've only ever I've only kind of made that realization recently and I've found that really difficult to make that kind of acknowledgement purely down to the fact that for ages up until this point I've kind of been well not even kinder (laughs) I have been gaslighting myself and I, I don't mean that kind of lightly. I've genuinely been gaslighting myself into thinking that this modern world of dating fits me. And that the rules that come with dating fit me. And I've recently started private therapy. Um, which I'm very privileged to be in a position to do so, as not many people are. But I made the decision of starting private therapy because I have an anxious attachment style 
which makes dating ridiculously difficult. And today, that is what I was wanted to kind of dive into about because my therapist said this really, like, as dramatic as this sounds, like a very kind of groundbreaking sentence to me. And she said that if you went to, like, a bog standard supermarket, so let's just say you're, like, outside Tesco, and you have, like, different people coming out with different childhood experiences, some may be more severe than others, but if they were all kind of leaving Tesco's and you were doing a an attachment style assessment on them, everybody will have an attachment style. And a lot of people, even though they have, you know, completely, you know, different ends of the scale kind of childhood experience, will leave that shop um, with the same attachment style. And so that really kind of like resonated with me because, and I'll get into like what these different kind of attachment styles are, but the reason why it resonated with me is because again, for so long, I've tried to convince myself that because I fit this certain attachment style, I'm the only person that's experiencing that and that everybody else around me are like securely attached. They have like the best date in life, they find it so easy, all of their relationships are easy, intimacy is not difficult for them, blah, 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 like, I genuinely, like, I will convince myself, or I was convinced myself up until, like, you know, kind of now, that the way that I feel, and the way that I think, and the way that I act within relationships is abnormal, and I'm the only person going for it, which is so, like, me (laughs) like it is so me to make me like the only main character but like I just mean in sense of like it's so easy to get into this mindset that you're alone and that nobody else feels the exact same way as you and it wasn't until I started therapy which was literally this week so this is very raw that my therapist was saying to me that like so many people have said the exact same experiences that I was saying to her of me being like I find this difficult I find this difficult I've done this I've done that and she was saying like I've heard this so many times and this wasn't to try and like invalidate my experiences or make it seem like you know I should kind of just get over it it was more of like don't think that you're alone in feeling this way do you know what I mean so this is where we're at today um Disclaimer, obviously before I start, I always like to start off with a disclaimer. Um, Although I am trained as a mental health nurse, this podcast is very much my own opinions. It's not related to my career or where I work. Um, And so, and also if you feel by the end of this episode or any of my episodes that you feel like you need kind of professional support, please reach out to your GP um, rather than myself unless it's just you know like a kind of a simple question I know that sounds really horrible but obviously I can't treat you over Instagram so please do reach out to your GP if you feel that you need extra support so anyways let's get into attachment styles okay so 
let's get into the different types of attachment styles which I will go through individually but essentially there is four adult attachment styles and these are anxious, avoidant, disorganized but can also be referred as fearful, um, avoidant and then you have secure. We'll start off with secure because secure is literally the gold standard like that's the most easiest one and also the most kind of like that is what people want that is what people are essentially working towards and people who are securely attached are those who are able to kind of have romantic relationships with you know an ability to kind of form secure loving relationships with other people they're able to trust and be trusted they're able to give love and accept love they're able to become close with people without you know feeling kind of panicked about it they're not afraid of intimacy um they don't feel panicked when their partners need time or space away from them and they're able to kind of depend on others without becoming totally dependent on on whoever that person is um and apparently only about 56% of adults have a secure attachment style, which is actually quite, well, I, get, I would say that was quite a small percentage, but I am very shit at math, so I can <laughs> But anyways, the next one is what um, I identify with, um, and that is the anxious attachment style. And the anxious attachment style tends to get quite a lot of shit, um, to put it bluntly, um, purely because we're kind of seen as very needy people um, who, you know, get like incredibly anxious and insecure when in a relationship. But behind this anxious attachment style is a deep fear of abandonment. Um and like this kind of need for validation a lot of the time um and this genuinely comes from a childhood in which the child caregivers were inconsistent unpredictable um sometimes overly involved sometimes not um and that, yeah, there was just this unpredictability when it came to like the fluctuation between whether the caregivers were given or meeting their child's needs, um, which then kind of pushes it back onto the child in which they feel like they kind of have to, for a better word, perform to kind of get that emotional need met. So that's essentially what anxious attachment is. Um, then you have the avoidant attachment. Um, to be fair, I would say that this probably gets as much stick as the anxious attachment. But at the same time, I do think it's more socially acceptable to be the avoidant. Um, but essentially, the avoidant attachment style is also a type of insecure attachment. Um but 
it's marked by a fear of intimacy. So people with avoidant attachment style tend to have trouble getting close to others or trusting others in relationships because ultimately they believe that their needs won't get met in their relationships. Um, They tend to also be emotionally unavailable. Um, And the avoidant kind of attachment kind of comes from caregivers who were not responsive were often quite dismissive and distant um and were like consistently emotionally disconnected from the child so then it's kind of kind of revolved into the child believing that their needs won't get met and that's why why they become avoidant and as an adult they then just think like they kind of go into this mindset of like i don't need anybody you know Um, And then lastly, you have the fearful avoidant, although it's kind of like a subtype of the avoidant. And essentially what it means is a combination of both the anxious and the avoidant attachment style. So people with fearful avoidant attachment both desperately crave affection, but then also want to avoid it at all costs. Um, it must be a minefield having that attachment style and to be fair I feel like I also kind of fit that and they're very reluctant to kind of develop a close romantic relationship yet at the same time like they crave that closeness um and this comes from caregivers or an environment that influences this kind of disorganized attachment usually involves a caregiver who is frightening or traumatizing towards the child so if the child has experienced a deep sense of fear and lack of trust in others despite wanting those kind of close connections then you know this child then develops kind of like a poor understanding of of boundaries and becomes like quite confused on what a healthy relationship looks like um so yeah that's kind of like the attachment styles summed up um I'm in no way kind of like trained in that I did like a module on the attachment theory at one point but like you know I'm no way am I saying that I kind of know all of my shit when it comes to the attachment styles but I do know a little bit just because number one my experience of kind of research into this after kind of realizing and recognizing that I do have issues with intimacy and you know closeness um so yeah that's kind of where my understanding comes from so if we fast forward to where we are now or where i am at now um but you might also be in the exact same place um i'm 25 years old and i've kind of been dating since the age of like 18 um and these relationships tend to be quite intense at the start um and I will often the acknowledgement that I kind of came to over literally the last two years was that I would often put myself in a position in which I know I'm not happy in that relationship and I don't even just mean like an actual um confirmed relationship I mean even those situationships you kind of find yourself in 
I would put myself in a position in which I would be agreeing to things um, purely just down to the the fear of someone leaving me. Um, And recognising this as the person I am today was really difficult because two years ago me, I would, I look back at her um, and I am kind of ashamed to say this, but I look back at her and I kind of feel, I feel sorry for her, but I also feel quite angry at her because now I feel like I'm a lot stronger. I definitely portray myself as a lot of, a lot more stronger. Um, I feel like the way that a lot of people see me, especially people who don't know me um, more personally kind of see me as like this bad bitch, you know, let's not even lie people, (laughs) but like people see me, you know, me being like the founder of say it loud and how, you know, I will call out any man (laughs) that, you know, kind of questions anything to do with that or questions me, you know, I come across as a very confident, independent person who knows what she wants and will go out and get what she wants and I do feel like I fit that kind of identity um especially as like I was saying I definitely fit that a lot more than I did two years ago but there's some parts of me that I have ignored for a long time or I have attempted to kind of like I guess in a weird way mask um and that's where like today is really important for me to kind of talk about because I know that there's probably a lot of people who are also in the same position in which they feel like they have to meet like the standard of themselves that they've kind of put out there or what people think that they are that they end up just completely pushing down this other side that clearly needs to be brought up um and spoken about and healed essentially um and so recently like I said I I made this realization um I made this realization actually like two years ago it was during um COVID so fuck me it was actually three years ago god well anyway in 2020 I made this I I was in this relationship um and it ended and when it ended I felt, in all honesty, like, I felt like I was going to die. Like, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this has ended. I'm going to be alone. Like, the usual sort of things that you kind of experience when you're, like, deeply heartbroken. Um, And then a month goes past, and then two months go past, and I look back at this relationship with this person, and I think to myself, why the hell did I date that guy and I didn't even mean this in a like revengeful way like it wasn't like I was like trying to be that person that was just like no I definitely never fancied him like who the hell is he blah 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 like trying to act like I never had feelings for this person it was like genuine like I was genuinely looking back at this relationship that I'd had and I was like what the fuck (laughs) like what the hell um and like I said it it wasn't really like person personal towards the person I was with it was more that his values did not match mine 
And so it was more at myself. I was like, why did you date someone who does not fit you at all? Because I'm not saying that you need to date someone that's literally the exact same type as you, um, who, you know, shares the exact same opinions as you, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know the saying, like, opposites attract. But this person was, like, the complete opposite of me. Um, And, yeah, so I I look back on that relationship with a lot of regret, if I'm being honest. Um, And at the time, I felt that exact same feeling, these feelings of regret, but it didn't really click into me that much that there was an issue. It wasn't until um, I then dated someone in 2021, so last year, um, in the summer, and I dated him for quite a few months. It wasn't anything like majorly serious until I then obviously caught feelings. That I then realised, um, although this time was different, because I, I definitely did have feelings for this guy, and our values did definitely match, um, I was doing the exact same kind of behaviours as I was before, which was putting my needs aside to meet that person. I knew that this person did not want a relationship anytime soon. And I knew that I did want a relationship at some point. And yet I was kind of ignoring that need um, because I knew that if I did say to this person, actually, this is what I want, you either meet those needs or, you know, respectfully piss off, um, I knew that would mean that that person was going to leave. And something I've learned with with this kind of anxious attachment style is that that person leaving isn't just as simple as just like, oh, you know, that was a bit shit. Um, you know, I really like that person, but, you know, I, I can meet other people. That fear of abandonment is so, like, to the core that like you think that you won't ever meet anybody like again um and so that slapped me in the face um and so that that was kind of like the experience of all experiences that I was just like no there's a problem um and the problem wasn't with the person the problem has and always will be with me and I don't mean that in like a shameful way or in a way that like I'm angry at myself or you know I'm not like kind of proud of the healing that I've done already it's more of the fact that I'm just like there is something that needs to be spoken about it needs to be brought up it needs to be kind of there needs to have like a light shone on it because I've tried God so many years to push that back and act like it doesn't exist and that shit's not working anymore and that's kind of where I'm at to where I am today and I'll kind of go into like the work that I've done since then um but that was how I made my realization it was this feeling of I cannot keep 
putting myself in situations in which I am blatantly ignoring my feelings, my needs, my wants, my morals, my values, just so I don't feel this horrific feeling. And that feeling is this a fear of abandonment. God, that got really deep, didn't it? <laughs> this is so... Uh, sorry, just a bit of a break. Just taking my, you know... Whew, get my breath. Because, yeah, like, as much as I'm very much used to being vulnerable and honest, like, that is my shit. I love a DMC. Um, this is something I haven't really spoken about. And I think it's, like I was saying at the start of the episode, it's very much because... I put out this image that is very much just like, don't fuck with me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And that like, I'm a bad bitch. I don't get hurt. And I'm going to tell you how I kind of got into that. Um, so basically, ever since kind of starting therapy recently, um, my therapist asked me, have you had any experiences, you know, kind of looking back at your childhood, do you feel that your needs were met? And my childhood was very loving. Um, as a lot of you already know, because of my previous episode, my dad passed away when I was 11. But in terms of the love that my parents gave me and my outer family kind of gave me, it's always been consistent and something I'm very grateful for. And so I said to her, like, you know, I I don't want to be, like, disloyal to my parents. And she looked at me and she was like, you know what, everybody always says that to me. Because they think that if they even mutter a word about their childhood experiences that kind of suggest that their childhood was shit, even though, like, on the outside it, it isn't, in terms of, like, you didn't experience any, like, horrific childhood abuse... Um, then they think that they're doing something wrong. And that was kind of where I've been at for a while. I kept thinking, you know, like, my mum really, really loves me. And she did everything she could for me. And she still does everything she could for me. Like, I am beyond grateful for my mum and my dad. Um, but mainly my mum, just because my mum's been around longer. <laughs> um and so kind of having that conversation about where I felt my emotional needs were met as a child was really difficult because, like I said, it felt like I was being disloyal to my mum. But after a bit of a conversation, we were able to kind of recognise that I didn't feel like my emotional needs were met and that there were a few times where my mum would make comments um, kind of like growing up that I'm now able to understand were dismissive um so for example I have very much grow up or very much have grown up in a household um that doesn't really talk about mental health which is very weird actually I wouldn't even say it's weird but it's funny that I'm now a mental health nurse <laughs> um but you know there you go um but I, I think I spoke about this again in my previous episode in terms of like my my family are very much like 
you know the saying keep calm carry on they are that in a person and a lot of people like the saying keep calm carry on but I don't um I think it's actually very dismissive and I think it can be helpful at some points um and sometimes you need that in like that kind of survival response sometimes you need to just like quite literally keep calm and carry on but you can't do that forever because it's a form of avoidance and so every time I'd go to my mum or not every time but you know quite a few times I would go to my mum and I would kind of present her with an issue or an issue that was for me and sometimes I would be met with you know you don't need to cry about that or you know stop worrying about that And these comments are probably quite a few, you know, me saying those things, you may be kind of like sat here listening, like nodding, like, (laughs) yup, that's what my parents said to me. And like, it is hard to recognize it, but like, that is a form of emotional neglect. Like they're not meeting your needs. Um, So I kind of grew up understanding so not even just believing, like, it got to a point where, I, like, I now processed it, understanding that my needs, my emotional needs were often ignored and dismissed. So now, as an adult, talking about my mental health or any other needs, so, like, for example, those needs that I was talking about when I'm in a relationship or when I'm talking to someone um I will put them aside because I don't think that they're that big of a deal and another realization that I kind of came to understand with my therapist this week is that um my mum and dad had quite I don't want to say unhealthy I also don't want to use the word toxic it was a normal relationship or as normal as it could get because, you know, all relationships are going to have its ups and downs. Um, but my mum and dad's relationship was uncomfortable at times um, purely because, you know, my, my dad was unwell. Um, he had to take a lot of medication um, and also since growing up and kind of being in the role that I'm in now and discussing with my mum um there was kind of thoughts about whether my dad kind of had like bipolar or whether it was depression um but there was definitely like a significant kind of mental health issue so that definitely impacted the relationship as well um so my dad would kind of act in ways that weren't loving towards my mum and I don't mean that in like you know my dad wasn't abusive or anything like that but my dad did attempt to cheat on my mum I say attempt which sounds really nuts but it's just um he kind of put himself out there um to kind of meet people but then didn't kind of go through with it but my mum knew um and my mum stuck with him the whole time up until his death and looking at the relationship as you know kind of like growing into adulthood my mum used to always say to me that like you know you stick by the person you married to regardless 
And my auntie has that same relationship with my uncle, who there is also that kind of that same sort of uncomfortable relationship, one that's not working. And so I have like these two different relationships or two different women in my family that are incredibly close to me and I'm watching them and they're sticking in relationships that don't work. And I'm subconsciously taking that on as, okay, so even if I'm unhappy, even if my needs aren't being met, even if they do things that don't align with me, I stick in the relationship because you stick by the person you love and (laughs) making that realization bloody fucking hell I was literally like fuck that is a lot that's a lot to take on um but it made it really does kind of amaze me that our childhood experiences have such a significant impact on how we see ourselves as adults how we behave as adults how we kind of see ourselves in relationships like it makes sense when you think about it but then when you like you know start kind of picking apart your childhood and looking back at experiences that clearly like really changed how you kind of navigate the world as an adult like it just it just blows my mind um and so yeah so this is where I'm at now I'm trying to work through my attachment style to work towards being securely attached because that is one thing that I do want you all to take away from this episode if anything just because your attachment style at the moment is either anxious avoidant whatever doesn't mean you can't be securely attached attachment styles aren't like imprinted on you do you mean it's not like a forever tattoo it is something you can work on and change it just takes time it takes a shit ton of time but it takes time um but you know it's worth it um so that's what I've been doing lately um that is my kind of my main focus at the moment um kind of working on this fear of abandonment um which kind of brings me on to like my next kind of topic in this episode which is modern dating and I know I'm not speaking (laughs) I know I'm not speaking for myself when I say this modern dating is horrific like disgustingly horrific um and when I say modern dating I mean the games that were kind of like programmed or like kind of not even programmed what we're kind of taught to play so when I say games it's like he texted me five hours later so I'm gonna take 10 hours to respond um she liked this person's picture so I'm gonna do this she did that he did do you know what I mean like this these mind games that is a part of modern dating this whole ghosting thing this whole like how dating apps are I saw this thing actually that was I can't remember where I saw it but it was essentially saying that dating apps are like when you go um like food shopping 
Like, you're just going through Tesco's, and you're just, like, going through the food, you're like, do I want that? Nah, chucking it down. Literally, that's what dating apps are like. Like, you're literally just swiping through them, like, nah, nah, yes, yes, nah, nah. Like, it's it's uncomfortable how, um, kind of easy accessible it is to kind of, like, swipe through people like they're nothing. Do you know what I mean? And... I'm going to sound like such a hypocrite because I am on dating apps. I do use them. Um, Because I think the other side of this whole modern dating is there are positives. Like, unfortunately, I don't think many people find it easy to kind of meet someone organically. So that's why we go on modern dating apps. Um, Well, dating apps. Um, And, you know, it is nice in some kind of way because... You, you kind of don't have that worry of like meeting that person there and then and not knowing anything about them if you meet someone online like you can kind of FaceTime them before you can kind of you know you kind of like cut the crap before meeting them do you know what I mean like you can find out whether they're an absolute weirdo most of the time by like stalking their social media and stuff so there are like obviously benefits when it comes to dating apps otherwise people wouldn't be using them um but as I say modern dating is horrific especially for people who struggle with intimacy and romantic relationships um especially someone with an anxious attachment style and I'm mainly going to be talking about that just because that's what I identify with um but this isn't obviously in no way saying that for example someone with um avoidant attachment style don't sort of experience these same sort of feelings as mine but as I say I'm just talking from personal experience so modern dating for me um can be really difficult because what we're kind of taught when it comes to dating are quite set rigid rules that don't fit everybody and that's because not everything is black and white like you need to think gray and so when I see all these rules that are like let him chase or like you know ghost him for a little bit so then he knows that like you really want him is that that doesn't bode well with me like that doesn't bode well with me at all um and so kind of you know I will try and do those sort of things it's like for example there's like this really famous I say famous but like this really like kind of commonly used phrase in the modern dating world which is um if he wanted to he would and as someone with an anxious attachment style that can be really unhelpful because if you're someone who constantly kind of has in the back of their mind that someone is going to abandon you and then you kind of stick a plaster on it that says if he wanted to he would that is only going to make shit worse because like you're going into things constantly looking at how this person's acting and constantly kind of analyzing things rather than just going into things open-minded and just trusting the process and seeing what happens if you're kind of going by if he wanted to he would which in some cases really does work and it is true um but at the same time you know we're kind of painting people um because you know even taking gender out of it like we're kind of painting people all with like the same 
same brush. I think that's the same. <laughs> um, but what I mean by that is like, we can't do this whole if they wanted to, they would. Because number one, the amount of times I'm like, well, I want to and I'm not. Um, but also number two, like, it's just not, it's just not real. Do you know what I mean? Like, sometimes there is genuine, like, reasons behind why someone might not be doing things. Number one, for example, attachment styles. Now, don't get me wrong, like, if you're getting, like, you're feeling kind of like a sense of someone not kind of reciprocating what you want, then absolutely walk away if that's what you want to do. But I just don't think that these kind of rules when it comes to dating are helpful in the slightest because then we're going into every relationship or every kind of potential relationship with the same thinking, um, which which won't be working for everyone. Also, going off of this saying of like, if he wanted to, he would, or, you know, phrases very much like that. If you're someone like me, I find it really difficult to trust my gut purely because my gut, or what I think is my gut, is always telling me that someone's going to leave. Um, so someone telling me these kind of like general sayings that are like kind of used with everybody of like, you know, if this person's not doing this, it's because of this, this and this. Like I'm constantly than just in a panic do you know what I mean because then if I'm for example um I work quite a stressful job so when I start talking to someone um sometimes I won't reply during the day because I'm at work but if we're going by the rule which is if they're not texting you at this time and this time or if he's not doing that you need to run away someone with number one someone with like an avoidant attachment style will see those massive red flags or what they kind of presume are red flags and they will find any tiny little thing to like literally run because obviously you know they're fearful of that intimacy so you have that kind of experience or that kind of um I guess kind of like potential risk and then you have someone with an anxious attachment style who will see red flags and then decide to paint them pink, you know? Um, and yeah, like, I don't know what kind of happened to dating. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm only 25. I don't really know what the dating scene was a good few years back um you know, like when my mum was around and stuff, apart from the fact that like obviously they were meeting people in person and whether that made any kind of difference to how we kind of navigate relationships and stuff but as someone who's obviously dating now um in in kind of this social media presence like I find it really difficult um and I find dating apps can be really harmful and really exhausting um and I find it just really uncomfortable how disposable we now see people. Like, how many times have you heard your friend or even yourself be like, this relationship ended or I'm not talking to that person anymore, but I'm talking to this person, this person, this person. And that, like, 
the thought of like talking to someone for so long, really getting to know them, really liking them, and then just like binning them off and like moving on like a day later, just really kind of like scares me. Um, and the amount of men, and the only reason I'm saying men is just because I'm a heterosexual woman. I have met a lot of emotionally unavailable men who have recently came out of a relationship. And when I say recently, the last guy I actually went on a date with had been out of a relationship for six weeks. And, you know, they're just jumping into next things, you know, regardless of whether these are like casual things or, you know, more in you know more kind of intense things but they are jumping into another relationship and that really scares me um I mean in no way am I saying like sometimes things just happen like you might just click with someone new and then you kind of get into something new and it works out very well but then sometimes you'll have people um and I've I'm one of those people I've been in this before where like They've dated someone for like a while and then they're already on to the next and then they're on to the next after that. It's like, where is that period of time where you like really slow down and you kind of take in like what's just happened, you know? Um, it's like nobody kind of gives themselves chance to kind of breathe and to like heal and kind of look back on their relationship and just go, you know, this is the reason why it wasn't working you know, the next relationship I want to be in, I want to be doing this, this, and th- you know, like, it, it just, it just blows my mind, really, um, and I think also, with dating, there's kind, there's still this, like, overwhelming pressure that you should be in a relationship by a certain age, engaged by a certain age, married by a certain age, and then have kids by a certain age. And if you're not kind of meeting those milestones, then that means that there's something inherently wrong with you. And I think that's like, kind of like, the cusp of the issue with a lot of people and why so many people of my age and younger older like literally everyone are like so quick to kind of get into something new because number one it's kind of like this unspoken kind of like fight that you have with like your ex-partner where you're like you know who's going to get into the next relationship you know the quickest or like you know first um but then you also have a lot of people who are absolutely petrified of doing the work. Um, they're absolutely petrified of either being alone or they're absolutely petrified of having a long-standing intimate relationship because they're absolutely petrified of being hurt. So they push themselves to be in casual flings because the shorter the relationship, you know, the less likely they are to get her. And I think a lot of people experience that, but we just don't want to talk about it. And that is why, like, I wanted to talk about it today because I think it's such a taboo topic. Um, 
And I do think in like today's society, like being avoiding is more kind of digestible than being someone who's scared of abandonment. Because I think people who are scared of abandonment, like me, like I was saying at the start of the episode, were kind of like seen as very clingy, very needy, um, very like annoying, that we always want this, this and this. And then the people who are avoidant are kind of seen as cool. Like it's kind of cool to not have feelings. I don't know if any of you listening to this had a Tumblr back in the day, but I did. And I used to put in my bio... (laughs) very embarrassed to say this um but I used to put my bio um if you see this I probably hate you or like things like I don't have feelings and I'm like girl who hurt you like like I was literally 10 writing that I'm joking I wasn't 10 when I had Tumblr but you know like I was like 16 writing those sort of things um and I still think that's still a thing like I don't think it's as bad as it was when I was like 16 but it's still very much a thing that it's cool to not have feelings, it's cool to not be attached to people, it's cool not to like, you know, be open about what you truly want, like, the last two people I've dated, I've been honest with them, and I've said to them, like, you know, these are the needs that I want to get met, blah, 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 and they've made fun of me, they've been like, you know, the amount of times I've been called high maintenance or you know weird for knowing what I want like the amount of men that I've said like you know we start talking and they're like so what do you want and I'm like I want a relationship and then they respond with um yeah like I do want a relationship but I just don't want to jump into anything too quickly and I'm like girl what like just because I said that I want a relationship number one doesn't mean that I want it with you but also it doesn't mean that we're like you know jumping into it tomorrow like there is this real sense of fear of intimacy and then on the other side this deep fear of abandonment and those two things you know those two kind of issues together do not work um they tend to start off really great because someone who's avoidant will kind of seek out people who are anxiously attached because they know that their needs will be met because essentially when it comes to your attachment styles, you're just seeking what you didn't get in your childhood. And so if you are someone who is avoidant and you kind of went through your childhood um, feeling like, you know, your, your needs don't matter, when you meet someone who is... Um, like kind of anxiously attach they are they they overgive you know because they come from parents who are emotionally unavailable and so they're used to kind of being people pleasers and overgiving and being like you know kind of performing and being like you know if I do this you'll love me etc etc and so when you're an avoidant person that looks very attractive to you because you know that you're you know that this person's going to go be up but oh I can't talk above and beyond for you because that anxious person also finds you equally as attractive because it's something that they're used to they're used to being around people who are emotionally unavailable they're used to being around people who are dismissive they're used to people being around them who you know are quite 
well, yeah, avoidant. And it's not like anxiously attached people kind of see that and go, wow, this looks fine. It's more like, it's like another kind of challenge to kind of like convince someone that they're, that they're valued and that they're worthy. Um, and I recently also made that kind of realization because my therapist said to me, she was like, I wonder what you would do if someone who was emotionally available, everything that you wanted, was ready for a healthy long-term relationship, had done the work that they needed to do, like they were literally your dream man. I wonder what you would do if this person presented right now. And I like went to answer and then she was like, I think you would run. And I was like, shit. And I think, and she explained it to me. She was just like, because that's not, that's not what you're used to. Right now you're going for people that you're used to. What feels comfortable for you? And although it feels really scary dating people who um, kind of trigger those um, horrible feelings inside of you, whether this is like being fearful of intimacy or being fearful of like abandonment, that's something that you're used to. That's something that you think is kind of safe so if someone came to you who was you know the complete opposite and was offering you a healthy loving relationship it would scare you anyways i feel like that was a good waffle to be fair um i hope you've enjoyed today's episode it was merely just me using my microphone as an open diary at this point (laughs) but also because like I said I know there's a lot of people up there who will kind of relate to me and then and like will hopefully feel heard that they're not the only one so yeah I thought I'd also end this podcast episode on a very simple sentence of do the fucking work (laughs) like it's so hard like I'm really scared at the same time of doing the work and having to unravel a lot of stuff that I kind of put away in a Pandora box locked it about 50 times and hid it away from me but it's also going to be very much worth it and this doesn't mean that you can't date at the same time but I I think like it's about being honest with yourself and so if you've listened to this and you're just like you know what there's some shit I need to work on and you know these are the you know I really resonate with some of the things that might have said blah 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 then please do please do anyways thank you for listening like I said um I don't know when the next episode will be out I'm not gonna lie to you you guys know what I'm like but I do have a new logo a new name well fairly new name so hopefully that will motivate me so Go and follow the Instagram, which is the Candid Pod, and then you'll be able to kind of keep up to date with when I do post. Speak soon.